0: Talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity, boys. Hello. Howdy. Happy uh, Tuesday morning. We normally do this on a Monday, but uh, we delayed it one day. I had a meeting yesterday. Today's topic is an interesting one, one that um, I really feel like we could talk on for hours. But we won't. But we won't. <laughs> yeah. So here's the here's the topic. Is it too easy to be a Christian in America? Hmm. We could go a hundred different ways with this, um, but I would, uh, if I were to answer that, I would say yes and no.
1: <laughs> and I probably would too. So we probably all expound upon that. Yeah. 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 And
0: and so I, I would say that um, yes, it's too easy in that the expectations of believers are, by and large, very minimal compared to Scripture, and no, it's not easy if you actually just want to be a Christian compared to Scripture. Right. So I guess we're talking about
1: theoretically and realistically, honestly. Um, well, let's start with a baseline of, is it easy to be a Christian? Not, <sighs> not just in the American no. it, it, I no. mean, is, is the call to be a Christian an easy call? Well, I think, I think that's a good. We'd have line. to define easy, because well, easy yeah. can
0: can have a bunch of different meanings. I would say it's not easy, but it's simple, because simple is quantitative. Right. Easy is qualitative.
1: True. God gives us the peaceful, easy feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the middle of trials and storms, we can still have it easy because of the spirit inside of us. But. But that doesn't mean the surroundings and the externals that we often promote in Christianity. I, I say we—in we, general, I think Christianity's been promoted wrong in America in that this step of faith is going to make your life uh, more blessed in every way. Like, it, is, it doesn't—
0: Well, Jesus said, uh, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me yeah. and learn from me, for my yeah. yoke is easy yes. and my burden is light. Okay, wait a minute. Does that mean that it's it's easy as in there's no struggle, there's no pain? No, mm. I think what he was saying there is compared to um the yoke of slavery or which sure. which is I, the yoke of being dead in sin, mm. that is not easy, but following Jesus comparatively, that yeah. is easy. Maybe we should maybe we should kind of focus this a little bit. Yeah, I went. Um yeah, well th- this this question came up. Hey about, Brent's here today. Hey Brent. He is. He's so pondering. Good day, good evening and good night. <laughs> Yeah. Um, this, this question came about because I we asked the question in a staff meeting um, do, does the church expect enough from people because it seems as though um, the church the body of Christ um, you know the, let, let's say this the local gathering that we kind of just let people come and go as they choose on their own terms in a lot of ways and I wonder if that's actually a, a biblical way to do it and if it's a healthy way to do it you know, uh, mm-hmm. because no other area of life is that acceptable. You don't join a baseball team. Your, your kid doesn't join a, a, a the high school baseball team. And the kids say to or the parents say to the coach, look, uh, we're part of this team. So we want the jersey. We want the mm-hmm. uh, the rights to do uh, all the things that baseball team does. Mm-hmm. But you need to know we may or may not make it to practice. We may or may not leave early for practice, and we may or may not show up for the game, yeah. but we want to be a part of the team. Right. On no planet on Earth would the coach say, absolutely, welcome aboard.
2: But the church, we do.
0: Why, why is that?
2: I'm <laughs> still stuck on the no planet on the Earth. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: Well, you know what I mean, right? Yeah.
1: And, and, and a, a dance team. You know, you, anything, you, yeah, anything. Any organization has rules or uh, parameters,
0: and and they say, you know what, if you don't want to, if you don't want to do these things, then fine, you, you you just can't
1: be a part of the team. We, I'm gonna stop. I have something to say, but Brent, I feel <coughs> like I need you to talk. I, I'm, hmm. I'm thinking about the why,
2: as you asked, Jeff. It, I think there's a fear from pastoral leadership overall, of losing people. And losing people can correlate, or can equate, at least in our minds, to a failure on the pastoral staff's role, a failure as individuals, failure as leaders. And the true measure of our leadership is based on the number of people that are are coming, are active in serving, and are passionately pursuing Christ. And I think that's part of the reason that there's this lack of accountability. Because honestly, what you're talking about is a lack of accountability. And one of the mm-hmm. things I've said for years is you can't hold anyone accountable who's yes. not willing to be mm-hmm. held accountable. And I think we, we being church, probably church universal, definitely 21st century church, uh, has cultivated an atmosphere of uh, come as you are, leave mm-hmm. when you want, and we're not going to hold you accountable. The only people that are going to be held accountable are the ones who are in some type of leadership position. And even then, the, the accountability either is sometimes felt as it's too restrictive therefore right. i'm just going to leave town or there's not enough and that whole accountability balance i think is part of the struggle that we're dealing with here and is it's really epidemic mm-hmm. to be honest if the numbers of followers was a um
0: was a measure of success or validity then jesus was abysmal failure in his it, it in his own lifetime,
2: because... Well, I don't know, because you could also look at the, the, you know, the miracles and the crowds that followed yeah. and say that's success, because in our 21st century church, that is partly how we view success, mm-hmm. is the number of people, not the ones who are passionate in pursuing, because based on that, if you had the 12 and just a few of the others that were, you know, the Mary, the Marthas, the Lazarus, the James, the ones that were following, you know, less than 50, uh, definitely... And and we would look at that as a as a failure. But you look at the masses. Hey, we got a large mass here. We got five thousand men plus women and children. Yeah. Wow, that's quite a gathering. That's a huge success. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, but he could get them, but he couldn't keep them. I mean, but again, that's the that's the that's it, it, the same thing that we are talking about here. Yeah. Just because they're and that's the that's the ease of Christianity. <laughs> Even at that time, I can be a part of Jesus's group, yeah. And you notice in the Scripture, it even says, and I can't remember exactly where it says this, but it, it says once things started getting tough, when Jesus started talking about the blood mm-hmm. and the body and and the sacrifice, and you eat this flesh and you drink this blood, and people were people started scattering. It's like, True. whoa, now yeah. he's gone he's crazy. Now he's gone. Now he's gone wacko. And at that point, yeah, you start to see this this falling away, but. You know, again, it's, it's, what is the criteria of what we're judging as successful? And well, we've judged success in a church, by and large, on the number of seats that are occupied on a Sunday, the number of baptisms, the number of dollars that have come in. And honestly, that's been part of the at least the Western church's yeah. culture. I can't say it worldwide, but the, the Western church culture for several decades, if not longer— so I I agree with what you're saying,
0: and I guess that is really where the dilemma is for us. Because on the one hand, uh, numbers matter to a degree. If if numbers didn't matter, just don't don't ask the bank how much money you have, right? Right. right. And don't don't be concerned if they send you a statement that has anything on it. God or, put a book in the Bible
1: with a name, by the way. Yeah, numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of so so, so yeah.
0: obviously numbers are a metric, but but. Maybe we're counting, but that we're counting the wrong thing. And that Reggie McNeil brought this up 20 years ago mm-hmm. um, in, in in a few of his different books and other authors as well. But what we need to be counting is, well, I th- actually I think we need to be counting all these things. But perhaps more weight needs to be counted on who are the genuine disciples who are who are living and sharing
2: the gospel. Mm-hmm. And the hard thing with that is that's hard to uh, quantify. Say this and correctly. Quantify, quantify in in real time, because a lot of yeah. that is evidence of yeah. years of right. work. Something I did years ago, and now we're starting to see the fruit of it. Yeah. Uh, that that's that's hard. Um, and, and I'm thinking about people within our own congregation who don't lead any ministry teams. They're not. Um, You know they're they're not the ones on stage. They're not the ones that are the most vocal. But knowing a little bit about their life outside the church, man, they are ministering left and right to their neighbors and their coworkers and and people that are around. But if I didn't know that personally, it would be hard to to quantify that variable, which is very important. But it's very hard to 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 gather that information and for it to be realistic. And I think it's
0: important to say that we're not making judgments here. We're not we're yeah, not yeah. trying to cast judgment. We're not trying to be, you know, holier than thou. We're really honestly wrestling with the question, what should we expect and and how do we encourage people to be all that God has called them to be? Which ultimately he said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's a hard gospel. Yeah. But even the disciples said, who can follow this? This is too right. hard. And Jesus said, so you're going to leave too? Yeah. But their answer was, where else will we go? Who else yeah. holds the words of life like you do?
1: And they didn't get it right. No, they didn't get it like, right. for a, Eventually, but you know, they didn't get it right for a long, long, long time. They made so many mistakes along the road.
0: Why is it, though, that parents think it's okay to half-heartedly commit to the, well, to the church, to the people of God, and to the things of faith, and yet wholeheartedly will commit to things
1: like— Part of that may be us, and not not us three, yeah. but, but it, us as the church over the last generation. When when you join a baseball team or a band, you know, a high school band, whatever, like day one, day one, there is—here's what's expected. You know, this is the expectation, and everybody readily signs up. And so for us, it is different because we're in a different type of thing— but we do promote the come as you are and you and people go, yeah, you know hey I want this eternal life thing that sounds a lot Heaven sounds better than hell. I want that but nobody's gonna live up to an expectation that they don't even know is oh, there yeah. so I mean I, and I, still we're not answering the question because I, yes, the part of the answer is we us three others other church leaders, we have to. Here's what's expected of you, and we make it a, a tough expectation. Here's here's not what we expect of you. Here's what God expects of you, and 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 there's a benefit to this expectation. There's a benefit to an expectation on a band or a team. Hey, we're going to win. We're going to win the whole thing. You know, if you do what you're supposed to do. Same for well, us, Tom Brady. Yes, greatest of all time. <laughs> I don't even goat he, but he is. You know. <laughs> so <clears throat> there's that. Growth of ex- putting the expectation upon people. Like, how are they going to do anything else if? And and then, <laughs> the harder question is, what do you do with the one who is very casual, very part time, and that's just what they want to be? I mean, I
2: and, and I can partially answer that and partially address that very question, Kevin, because I read a, a sermon by Charles Spurgeon and. I recall in that the very opening paragraph, he was partly quoting, I think it's Joel chapter two, verse one and two, where Joel is crying out on behalf of God, saying, um, "Go to my holy mountain and blow the holy trumpet, blow the chauffeur. And part of what Spurgeon was saying when he was saying that is is the call of those who are in uh, positions of spiritual authority. Of spiritual leadership, and notice I did not say pastoral staff. Mm-hmm. I said spiritual leadership, spiritual authority, which goes back to to parents mm-hmm. and, and teens as well, that those in those type of positions are called and must blow the trumpet to wake up a sleeping, casual mm-hmm. um atmosphere of which our culture has found itself within Christianity. One of the verses that rocked my world so many years ago was uh, Paul writing to Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I think it's verse 14, where he says, "We urge you to warn those who are idle. And then he continues with some very positive affirmations. But that that one phrase, warn those who's idle, rocked my world. Because mm. I, I did some self-evaluation, but then I was thinking about my calling and my my purpose in life. And it truly is to warn those who are idle. Mm. And just above that in my Bible, I still have this written from, from pages that are now turning yellow. That's how old my t- particular Bible is. Um, at the top of it, I wrote casual, comfortable Christianity. Mm. And that is what... We as as three pastors talking on a podcast, but also as spiritual leaders and and spiritual um, having spiritual influence. That's part of our role. I can't make anybody change, but to answer your specific question, Kevin, I can blow the shofar, I can blow the trumpet, I can sound the warning, I can say, we have to wake up, we cannot continue Mm -hmm. in the same fashion in which we've Mm -hmm. been living, and that's part of our role. So I can't make anybody change, but I can have uh, my voice echo through the influence of those whom I have uh, spiritual authority, circle of influence, and say, wake up. What we're doing is not effective, it's not working, it's not God-centric, we have to walk away from this casual, comfortable yeah. Christianity, yeah. and we have to ask the question, what is casual, comfortable Christianity? Because God says, warn those who are idle, and if I'm idle, I, I need my eyes woken up to know what I'm idle about. This is not right. idolatry, it's being lazy. Yeah, yeah. It's a different word. I'm, yeah. my, I don't want my southern Alabama to come out a little bit different <laughs> here. It- it's, it's being lazy for the cause of Christ, and now... Now, Who wants to sign up and say I'm lazy for the cause of Christ? I might acknowledge yeah, I'm idle from time to time. Am I lazy? Wow, that's that's a whole other level. but that's really what the, the, what Paul was warning about and I, I think what is what our specific role is when we're addressing this with the church. wake up, look at yourself in the mirror, reflect on the way that you're living your life and ask yourself those whole hard questions in front of god himself and say god am i being casual and comfortable in my christianity am i does do i look like everybody else out in the world everybody else in culture is my life any different than anybody that's not a christ follower because if it looks the same Mm -hmm. there's some issues going on here so it's it's waking the, the alarm sounding the alarm of, of the lifestyle in which th- so many Christians find themselves in the 21st century church
1: you're, you're coming at it from a standpoint that I totally agree with from our perspective and from people who've been Christians for a while but I would say that there's a whole group of people out there that, that are that might be listening you know they, they would hear what you just said and go I don't even know what you're talking about like because like and, and maybe that is the part of the it like we have promoted allowed, Um, easy believism easy believism yeah like cheap grace here is this is christianity and so they're hearing what you're saying and going i don't like what uh uh, what (laughs) you know so like it's it's almost like we've got to do on the expectation thing like from the beginning like hey you want to be a christ follower here here's 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 what you're going to do um much like God took the Israelites into the desert. So, okay, we're looking at a piece of land here. There's desert in one way and there's this plush green field in the other. We're calling you to go to the desert. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're signing up for. You want the buffet or the bologna sandwich? Yeah. And and we're and so we're literally putting out the going in the, the dry direction. I mean
0: But it occurs to me as we're talking that there's a great parallel when it comes to um Leaders, spiritual leaders, so so pastors, elders, whatever, and coaches. Great coaches mm-hmm. are oftentimes hated by everybody who's either not that team not yes. for the team or who's not part of the team. Yep. Because great coaches demand excellence. They do not tolerate right. half heartedness. And they'll pull a guy if he's not given everything because he knows if I if I just let you give me half best, then the whole team will suffer. And so I wonder if
1: there are, to use a college football illustration, there are guys that, you know, they have rankings, one star up to five star. There are five-star athletes. I think they only give out like 35 of those in the whole country. There are five-star athletes that will choose to go to Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State or Clemson. They'll choose to go to one of these schools and sit on the bench for two years. Yes. Rather than going and starting day one at another school. I mean good programs good coaches put the expectation out there. I mean literally they're you know you may the best man's going to play but they live up to the challenge, you know. You they can play them. football, you just can't play for us. Well, basically. Yeah, well, our you, you can play for us. You're you're gonna have your opportunity at the first day of practice. There's an even playing field. But I mean that I'm getting into right. Football, no, I'm saying but, I'm saying yeah. that
0: that's that's the that's the excellence of the yes, organization. Yes. They're saying yes. hey, you can play for you can play football. There's yeah. a lot of places you can play. Yeah. yeah, you just can't play for us. I think Saturn right. actually used to have the. Um, at least I heard this. I'm not. I, I guess I haven't verified if it's true. But Saturn, the company, the car company, used to have this thing where if you came up and you wanted to negotiate a price. They'd kind of be like, No, this is our price. If yeah. that's too much, then this, yeah. this may not be a car for you. Right. And it was the idea of, look, we know the value of this car. Yeah. And we've placed the value on it. If Here it's too it much is. for you, yeah. well okay. then you just need a cheaper car, but right. you don't need one of these. Right. And so we have to balance that with the uh with the other feeling of, you know, people need grace. They have to be you know, right. people don't all start at the same place. People come yeah. from But how sure. how Absolutely. do you how do you juggle this? That's what that that to me is the hard
1: part. Once again, it took the disciples a while. So yeah. you know, and and Jesus
0: had them every yes, single day.
1: It took a while. So there is growth. We get there. people two hours a week. Yeah, maybe actually it's more like probably five hours a month. And I say that, <laughs> but at the same time, the very first was drop your nets, yeah, and follow me. So there is still some act on the part of the the follower of Christ to put something down and, and to, there's there's movement in a direction doesn't mean you got it all right by any means but you're at least moving you
0: made a statement earlier Brent and it was true and I think it fits here um, that we tend to want to spiritualize things to justify what we want to do mm-hmm. and we do that in all areas of life you know well'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on this team because I'm gonna be a light okay mm-hmm. so at the end of the at, end of the season so what kind of fruit came out of that you know how much of a light were you well i was just i didn't really say anything i was just i was just yeah. there people yeah. just you know i mean and and again i don't want to sound harsh and cruel on that but at some point no you just you just want an excuse to do what you want to yeah. do and so that was the easy spiritual right. answer to give now if the if it really is that as if that really is your heart man that's awesome but is it really your heart? And that's the thing we can't judge,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which, you know, that's, that's a, between a yeah. person and God. But we at least ought to sound the alarm and say, look, you're not fooling God. Yeah. We're not fooling God. If we say something, right. we are not fooling God. Right. I mean, it's, we are responsible. And I think that we're going to be, overall believers are going to be in for a shock when they stand before the Father and He says, you are now laid bare. What did you do with the mm. time that I gave you? Well, um, you see, what had happened
1: was, yeah. no. And that day's coming, That day is coming.
0: Yeah. Th- there's an urgency about this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're going to stand before, the Bible tells us we will stand before God and give an account for every idle word spoken. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. word spoken. That ought to scare us to death. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, that ought to scare us to death.
1: Scare us to death, but it also says that in the fire the the precious metals will will still be there and that is part of the reward in heaven so it should scare us but also motivate us yes 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 i mean so there's there's the the, the flip side of that too
0: well but. scare us to death if we're not doing
1: what we're right right to do. yes
0: but it ought to actually bring us great comfort there's reward if we're yeah. if we're being faithful to the lord yeah and this is the point at which if i were listening to this i would have that guilty feeling in that that Thought of man, why aren't I doing more? But right. from a from a, a condemnation point of view, and so and that's what we don't want. We yeah, don't yeah, want not... a condemnation. <clears throat> we do want motivation and encouragement, right. but also no excuse. Let me just say it bla- bla- plainly: Christians got to stop making excuses for why they're not following Jesus. Is that fair? Sure, absolutely. I mean, stop the excuses. Just own yeah. it. Yeah. You, you you just don't love Jesus. You say, oh yes, I do. Not according to Jesus. If you love me, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting too hard, aren't Come I? Come on. <laughs> well, but but there's there's truth in it though. I mean, so you know it. it yes, I mean it, there's truth in what you just said. That um, and it's it, it is rubbing it's rubbing hard on on stuff that we've been around our whole lives. That it's just a very simple easy, come to faith in Jesus, and, you know, just,
2: that's it, you're good. <laughs> well, I think also, w- what you're saying there, Kevin, one of the things that hit me like a ton of bricks, again, years ago, was the realization, as aha moment, that we very easily say yes to Jesus as our Savior, the fire insurance, I don't want to go to hell, you know, mm-hmm. however you want to terminize, uh, what terminology you want to use to define that, but We look at that as a separate contract, as a separate commitment, than surrendering to surrendering to Jesus as our Lord. Mm. And it's not; it's a it's a both end. It's one contract in which you're given salvation, but through that contract, you're saying yes to Jesus as Lord. And so, a lot of what we're talking about today truly is a lordship. It's not a heaven or hell. Mm. It's not. I didn't say yes to Jesus. It's not. I'm, I'm. you know, I've got to do better so I can get to go to heaven. It's none of that. It truly is a lordship issue. Am I fully committed to Jesus as my Lord? Mm -hmm. I've said yes. I've got the salvation. I've got the gift of the Holy Spirit, but it's that day in, day out walk of—and that's the whole idea of carrying the cross daily. Today, I get to choose whether or not I carry the cross. It's not whether or not I'm going to heaven. But I get to choose whether or not to be obedient, to surrender to him as the Lord, to have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that cares for the world the way that he does is a choice that I make, and I
1: get to make that choice every single day. You know, Jesus told the rich young ruler, you want to follow me, go sell everything you have. That's not a commandment for us for all time that everybody that follows Christ sells everything you have, obviously. But it really is a principle to be held to. Yeah. You want to be a follower of Christ, those things that you've held on to— you got to get rid of them you got to lay them down i mean and and so those things are not always tangible like money and car, but, but but they're comforts they're i don't know easiness their feelings i mean they, they, we got to lay those things down we got to give those things up
0: well you know I, I would equate it like this you know Shannon's a health coach she's been doing that now for about 6 months and she can almost tell when somebody's going to be successful and when somebody's not going to be successful when they start mm-hmm. and the way she can tell is if the person wants to alter the plan. Right. And if the, and if the person wants to alter the plan, yeah. she's like, you know what? I'll let you try, but yeah. she doesn't say this necessarily, but sure. she but she's knowing that they're yeah. not gonna they're not gonna see the right. success that they need to see in finding health because right. they don't want to do what's tried and true. Yeah. We've and got a formula,
1: been, it works. Yeah.
0: This thing's been working yeah. for thousands of people, but yeah. but you just want to do it yeah. kind of sorta. Of, okay. Yeah, tortillas tortillas Kinda yeah. sorta of, Get, results. Right, yeah. And I and I think we can we can say that with anything that that has been tried and true.
1: Modified Christianity will, resu- modified will result, Christianity and modified will result in modified results. And
0: modified results. That's perfect. That's exactly right. I just it, it seems as though Jesus is worth more than that. Yeah. It seems like he deserves more than half hearted obedience.
1: And you deserve the, the the listener. They deserve more. Like there's more to this life. Than living and dying, more than just trying. <laughs> Shout out Stephen Curtis jam oh There's God. more to Go it. Go west, young man. There, there's more to it. Brent's over here, like. Uh. I see Napoleon Dynamite uh. in him all the time. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Brent rolls his eyes at us all the time. Like, dude, dude, you gonna eat those tots? <laughs> you know what? Just, just we fine. were. <laughs> what the a, heck, I don't know. Man. There's more to this. Like you're right. There's more. It, for, there's more for the lizard. Like, but, but, but the more it's. God is not going to force the more upon somebody. The more is there for for the taking, but it but it. You want the triumph in the life. You got to go through the trial in life. Like it, it you, there is a refining thing for for us. There, there, we come to we come to come to Christ through faith, but we grow in Christ as well through faith. There's always steps of risk along the way. What you're saying is true. But but in,
0: yeah, but inside of me, I'm screaming. This isn't Jesus worthy
2: of our life.
1: Yes.
0: if we get nothing out yeah, of the deal? yes, and I know that's not Absolutely. what you're saying. No, but but yeah. how?
2: It, no, he's not. If all he is is fire insurance. Right, but no, I'm talking about his own worth. Though, but that's what I'm saying. That's a good point. If all we have ever taught, if all we have ever taught, all you all all you have ever heard is you got to say yes to Jesus so you don't go to hell. I'm a Christian. Okay, well then I did it. Yeah, and he's not worth anything else because it's just fire insurance. It's not the day to day life that he's giving me. It's not that wholeness and fullness. There's not more to this life than what there is because it's just. It's for the afterlife. It's for something when I'm dead and gone. And if that's what we've been taught, if that's what I understand, I don't know to even think about more.
1: Right. I don't even know
2: to perceive that there's more out there. I don't know to to even dream about the more because this is all that there is. And if that's what we've been taught, then... Now, if I've been taught that he is the more, that he is the all in all, like you're talking about, then shame on me for not pursuing and giving him the all. Absolutely. But... So I guess it's the ultimate
0: question of Jesus. Will you leave also? Because that was the point, I think, at which he was saying, look, you're not going to get anything out of this deal but death. Hmm. (laughs) Will you stay? Yeah. And that's, I think that's when you recognize the true lordship of Christ. When you will
2: follow regardless of what you get. Well, you think about 2,000 years ago roughly when Jesus was walking and talking and even the first generation, second generation, third generation church that's you know, hearing the words take up your cross daily and follow me. When we think about that, at best, we even think about our own situation. We got a cross next to the stage, on the ground that wouldn't hold up hardly anybody. But for the first, second, third generation church, yeah. when they hear that, they're visualizing the dude that's outside yeah. on the cross dying at right, this very right, moment, yeah. and the seriousness of that, yeah, that's the, the complexity. We we're 2,000 years removed, and, 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 and because of that, some of, the, some of the, the drive that we saw in the first century uh, church is unfortunately long gone. Except in, in some remote areas.
1: Good news. As bad as things seem to be getting around the world, how are we how are we on time? Thirty minutes. Okay. As bad as things are getting around the world, um, I think there's a ripeness, there's a readiness for people that because when you hear a, you hear a thing like if you want to gain your life, you first got to lose it. I think people are actually ready to hear that. Like you know what? I've tried everything. Yeah. I am so sick of it.
0: Like life sucks anyway. So how here could it get you, any worse? Here you go. You know,
1: lose <laughs> yeah. my life. You, you, here you go, Jesus. I mean, I think there's a rightness that, that's good. Which is
0: why he said it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because it's hard to die to yourself when yeah. you have much to die to. Yep. Hmm. We do need to cut it here. Um, man, there's an urgency. Um, I hope that all, everybody listening to this, We'll take a really hard look in the mirror. Uh, us included, right? Yeah. And I feel absolutely. like I'm, i feel like we're already doing that, but take a hard look in the mirror. Man, if Jesus is just a means to an end, then you're missing it. Yeah. He's not a means to an end. He is the end. He is worthy of, of your life, your your adoration, your your praise, your sacrifice. Even if you get nothing out of it, hmm. he's worthy. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, in Revelation the scripture tells us that all of heaven's going to be saying he's worthy. He's worthy. There's only one worthy to open up the scrolls, and that's Jesus. So that's good. thanks for uh, joining us today. Hope this wasn't... Um, actually, no. I hope it was heavy. See there? I
1: mm-hmm. want to
0: soften the blow. I hope it was heavy. hope yeah. it challenges you. I hope it makes you mad if it makes you mad. But I hope it moves you to do something. Mm-hmm. Um You've got very, very uh, few hours left compared to eternity. Make the most of them. Subscribe, share. God bless you. See you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.